Welcome to New Shooter Canada. Please remember that the show's content and word pronunciation is simply the opinion of the hosts and their guests. Well, I like guns, and I like being free. Because I'm armed, you can't take that from me, and you should know it. Hello, and welcome to New Shooter Canada, episode 226. Just like the good old P226. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Thomas? I'm doing good. How are you, I'm Mike? I'm doing all right. How about you, Amanda? Oh, peachy keen. Thank you for asking. <laughs> good to hear. And peachy Josh, how about yourself? I'm fine. Just fine? <laughs> you don't fine. sound happy. You don't sound very happy, Josh. Oh, this is a happy pop. Here's my book done, so I'm happy. Everything's good. Okay. <laughs> How's the new job? Uh, really good, actually. Yeah, thanks for asking. It's been uh, since August. I still, I'm, I think I'm settling into my groove, so it's good. Uh, the people are nice and things are going well. It's just been extremely busy with all the rain that we've had. So it, it kind of went from almost nothing to do to too much to do. And it's just trying to get my way through that. But the job is really good, so I'm happy. Lots of basements flying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, London, I think uh, I, I usually work at a Kitchener, and I had to go to the London office because they got hit twice as hard as we did. They actually declared a state of emergency because of all the water and the flooding. Oh, yeah. So, Josh, since you're pretty much already doing what you did in guns lately, what have you been up to lately? <laughs> well, uh, I did uh, another Action Pistol Magic Wealth. My, had- uh, that was last last Saturday. My uh, my score wasn't great, but I wasn't last, so I was happy. I think I got forty uh, sixth out of fifty one or two. <laughs> so I was I was almost, but I wasn't last. <laughs> I was going to say the way you originally said that, I was expecting to hear that you uh, did second second last, but uh, <laughs> yeah. no, that's good. That's good. You're, you're you're off that bottom that bottom area, right? You're you're well right. above you're well above it, but not quite middle of the pack. So I got no. some work to do. Um, I felt, I felt really good while I was shooting. Um, you know, the last, the first few times I did it, this is, I think the, this is the fourth time, third or fourth time. I've, I've always felt so nervous when I'm going, but at this time it was like there was a switch flipped and rather than feeling nervous and intimidated, like the last matches, I felt actually really, really, really confident and excited. And I want, actually wanted to keep going. The last <laughs> match I did, I was having some issues. And I, I just wanted it to be over, <laughs> but it was kind of kind of the opposite this time. Um, I couldn't really, I was trying to think about what was different. And I mean, I, I took some of Mike's advice and did some dry firing. So that definitely helped um, because I haven't been shooting much. So that really, you know, helped with the, you know, just, just handling the gun, just feeling more, com- more comfortable with it and uh, in and out of the holster and, and working on that first ta- target acquisition, and that definitely helped. Um, I brought Amanda with me, so I mean that could have been really terrible, or, or it could have been good. And I think it was good um, having another set of eyes on me, right? That knows me. Um, that could be intimidating, but I think it was a good thing that she was there because it kind of kept me kept me uh, calmer. I think. And we brought uh, our friend Chris from the club. He came along as well. That was his first time doing it, so. I think having someone there who was less experienced than I was actually helped me out a little bit too. Cause I <laughs> felt like, okay, I'm definitely going to be Chris. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you just bring someone with you that, you know, you can beat and you'll feel better. <laughs> so, and, and, did, and did you beat, did you beat Chris? I did. 
<laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> last either. So nope, he wasn't like, last he, either. He did no. actually really, really well considering. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I actually. Now this is this is one of these Ragnarok uh, tactical. Yep. Um, yep. Full IDPA type matches. It's it's not IT. It's ID IDPA esque. <laughs> yes. Has very similar rulings, but it is not uh, exact protocol. Yeah. So no, uh, no fishing vests, as they call them. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But and how many people uh, usually show up at their, at their matches? Like on, on the average match, how many people show up? Uh, well, there was uh, fifty three fifty three shooters, I think. Mm-hmm. Like oh, excellent! Ones. Excellent. Yeah. Good. So and that's they've gotten that's, very popular then. Yeah, and that's that's excellent. that's a, an average number I would say from the ones that I've been to. Um, so, uh, where was I? Um, yeah, I, I beat Chris, so that was good. Uh, I think the stages were the stages were a little bit easier, I think, than the last one, and I think maybe that's why it felt a bit better too, because I was I was getting through them without you know a lot of uh, a lot of problems. Um, I did have one, one mechanical issue. I had a, had one stove pipe on my first stage, uh, but I, I cleared it really quick. I saw what it was and I just kind of knocked it loose and, and, uh, put the slide forward and kept going. I didn't let it bug me and I don't think it really affected my time anyways, but that, that's the only good. thing, yeah, that's good. Yeah. It didn't, of, didn't, didn't bust me. Yeah. A lot of people, when they get like jams or like something goes wrong, like when everything is not perfect, they get flustered and it's not just like, oh, it took me five seconds to clear this jam. It's five seconds to clear this jam, and then they forget what they're doing, so it takes them five seconds to remember. And then everything they do from there on out is emotional because they're angry right. because their stage isn't going right. So, you know, they might get angry and they might shoot twice as fast, and then they get half as many hits, and then they get angrier, and it just it's a snowball effect. <laughs> So like being able to like clear problems and just let it just roll off you and like not like yeah. just roll off the next stage but roll off you that instant and be able to just yeah. move on with the stage that, that it takes uh, it takes time to get get good at that so that that's really good to hear that you and, moved, and I that think that, yeah that's really where I was that one because I just I, I immediately identified what it was and I didn't have to drop the mag out or anything I just kind of just pulled the slide back a bit and just you know tilted it over and it fell right out and I just kept going so it was good. But that's I think good. just that, that split second of, of identifying what it was, right? That's that's really, you know, I didn't break down over that. So anyways, yeah, that was yep. good. But what I, what I did do, <laughs> I had some other, some other huge boneheaded mistakes. And it's not like, it, it didn't bother me so much because it wasn't like I was being unsafe. And it wasn't a result of poor shooting. It was just absent-minded, uh, being a little bit overexcited and kind of WTF moments on the first stage. Uh, the first one I shot, so, you know, the first one I was shaking the rust off, I guess, but I had to do the, had to do a reload in the middle of shooting like a string of targets. So if you can picture like, I don't know, I think there was five or six. At uh, the end? Yeah, right, right across at the end, all stapled together, all touching each other, kind of just stapled together and two shots per target. And I had to do a mag, a mag change in the middle and I started off on the wrong target again. So I left one completely unshot. So that oh. was, that was, I, yeah, I lost my place. Um, so it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a huge mistake, but obviously, you know, there's some missed, some missed scores there. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so that was kind of embarrassing because I'm like, oh crap, that was such a stupid mistake. <laughs> and then, uh, but, but, you know, it didn't, didn't bother me too much. Cause it, like I say, it wasn't, it bothers me more when I do something 
you know, un, like it wasn't something unsafe. Nobody called me out on anything. It was just kind of dumb and shooting too fast, right? So it didn't really bother me. Yeah. And then the last stage, this one I blamed Gavin for. <laughs> he wasn't uh, it wasn't like he was heckling me or anything but he he definitely made me the center of attention and that's not really where i like to be kind of kind of messed with my head he's like he's like uh channel your inner fur lot josh you can do you can do this <laughs> but he's like burn it burn it down josh burn it down <laughs> and there's and there's like i don't know 20 people milling around behind me and then now they're all they're all just chatting amongst themselves well, now they're, they're like, all watching me shoot the stage well, they're like, <laughs> is this another red rock guy and they're like no this is yeah. a new shooter canada josh oh really <laughs> and i'm sitting there i'm getting ready to record and i'm just i felt like turning to everybody and going shh because yeah. <laughs> yeah. i knew exactly what he was feeling and yeah that was uh that was funny though like, burn it down josh <laughs> burn it down, down. <laughs> And so, okay, so I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I can do this. I can do a good job. I'm feeling good. This is my last stage. Everything's been going fine. So there's, you go through the first port. I don't know if you watched the video or not of the last stage, but you shoot through the first port and there's two targets. And then there's two targets to the left of that, but kind of downrange a bit. So you got to kind of take a step to the side and, and shoot the two. If you advance past that, there's like a piece of caution tape that's like an infinity wall. You can't shoot through it, but you can see the targets. So I shot the first two, and then I forgot to look for the second two, and I started running, well, walking fast. And as I'm walking, I see them, and I'm like, oh, crap, I, gotta, I forgot those two. So I kind of stumble, and then I thought to myself, what do I do? And I, I think my pride kept me moving forward because I didn't want to I didn't want to do the walk of shame backwards and reshoot those two so I just made my way to the or three there's actually three there oh yeah so I made my way to the end and shot the last the last targets and I shot all the targets that I shot at pretty well yeah (laughs) but then I lost scores on three complete targets that I didn't even you didn't even engage at all so I think if you if you look at my scores and you take like the raw time and then had I actually got scores for those ones that you missed on yeah, both, four, both four targets with no shots at all, just yeah. for being dumb. And I think I would have done pretty good. You like probably, probably would have been middle of the pack somewhere. Right. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think I was doing well, yeah. but I just, well, so that, that's the biggest, thing. like, I just felt so embarrassed. I think that I, I couldn't stop myself and go back. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It's, it's, so channeling your inner furlot didn't work, I guess. No, no, it didn't. But then I, I tried to rage quit on my back. So was, <laughs> kind of felt yeah. bit. Yeah, assuming that you lost. You, you should have rage quit. Then you could have blamed it on your inner furlot, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I, I had fun. And, and the mistakes, they bothered me at the time, like for a minute. But. I think, you know, just the comfort of shooting and the enjoyment outweighed the embarrassment. So it was good. I'll, I'll go back. It was good. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, it was good. Nice to have Amanda there to actually uh, record all of my stages because there was no Benny because it was a Saturday. So yeah. I had someone there to watch what I was doing and and it was good. Um, that, that was We had lunch, barbecue lunch afterwards and kind of took our time. We didn't have kids that day. So it was nice just to kind of hang out at the range. Yeah, but uh, and then, I I saw the video and, then, and I can tell that you're like I can see your skills getting better, like I can see so, the the confidence oh. <laughs> and like your your handling is getting better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just move a bit quicker. That's all. Wow. But. Yeah, 
everyone can always move quicker. I'm sure even J.J. Ricardo said, well, I could have done that quicker. It's like, have you seen the man run through a stage? He doesn't stop and he doesn't <laughs> jog. He doesn't walk. He sprints through every stage. And I'm sure he even said, well, I could have done that quicker. So, yeah. yeah. But I mean, no, I, I can clearly see that your skill level has gone up and it, it's good to see that, too. Well, good. Mm-hmm. Good. So we've got another one coming up on the 20th. So uh, on November 20th. So Amanda's going to come to that one, too. We're trying to convince her to shoot. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but we'll see. Gavin was good. Yeah. See how that goes. So we're going to volunteer next time uh, after the match. Andrew sent out a big email kind of about, uh, first of all, touching on range etiquette. Um, there's There's a huge range of... Uh, abilities of shooters and, and skill levels of shooters that come to these matches, obviously, because you can just show up and shoot whatever you got, run what you brung, right? It's just for fun. And uh, <clears throat> so I think that kind of shows in the in just in the behavior of some of the shooters. Just there's a lot of people milling around talking and maybe being a bit disrespectful to the people that are shooting or the guys calling the lines. And, you know, when they're speaking, you should just listen or be quiet or kind of just watch. Right. And and I kind of I kind of felt that, too, as a shooter. I, I thought, you know, people weren't really being as respectful as they should. And just the etiquette wasn't really there. So I think he he kind of sent an email just kind of straightening people out, saying, you know, this is a this is a lot of work and it's a, a lot of effort. And just, you know, listen to us when I'm speaking. I shouldn't have to raise my voice and I shouldn't have to yell at you and blah, 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 blah. And just little minor safety things, too. Because yeah. it seems like you know the people that that go to these obviously aren't overly experienced and nothing, nothing huge, nothing overly dangerous, but just little little things, etiquette mostly, right? And he was asking for volunteers, and I thought you know they they do a lot of work, and I volunteered Amanda and I to be grill master at the next one, so we're gonna shoot and cook burgers. <laughs> so I figured I can I can do that. I don't I don't know all the rules to everything else, and I'm not I don't want to be an RO. But I can I can cook a burger. I'll put on my my grass stain New Balances and grill. <laughs> so so did did Amanda get voluntold that she's helping, or did she yeah. volunteer on her own free will? No, I volunteered. Oh. <laughs> I basically volunteered myself this last one. Like yeah, she was I, picking up brass. She wasn't shooting, but she picked up brass. I picked and... up brass, <laughs> and, and I went and I uh, patched patched all the targets and i did way more than what most of the people did there yeah everybody's just standing around talking and you know like that was another thing like everybody (laughs) needs to needs to patch to keep things going staff isn't the staff can't patch right you've got to go and do that they wanted everybody to kind of police their brass and i don't know it just it wasn't always feasible to, to grab it all but um we needed benny there with his little uh his little cart have you seen his carts apparently he sells them i didn't know that it's like a it's like a rolly brush with a basket on the back, and you can just walk it around, and it picks up all the brass. A rolly brush. Is this yeah. on his website? Do you know? I don't know if it's on his website. I didn't know he sold them, but I, I made mention of it, and someone said, oh, well, that's because Benny's not here. We don't have that machine. And he's like, they, they said that he sells them, and I didn't know that. So I'm going to have to get in touch with them and see if we can buy one for the club. But they're really neat. It's like a silicone silicone roller with a like brush roller on the front of a basket you just push it and then the brass gets picked up in all the bristles and gets knocked into the basket. Hmm. I'm going to have yeah, to look this up. It works. And it works in the grass too. Yeah. Well, he, he was using it on the grass last time or last time I was at a match with him. I don't know how well it works, but definitely better inside, but I think it does work. Mm-hmm. But 
Anywho, well, well, if we find that on his website, we'll uh, we'll have to add that into the show notes. So uh, if we find it, check mm-hmm. the show notes. I'll, I'll take a look. Yeah. Um, oh, and I and I bought a gun. <laughs> we oh, had a nice. Which uh, buy? Yeah, it's it. Like I said, I like I said on the group chat, I think it's only a gun that George will appreciate, and he definitely did. Um, I got a Mosin. It's something I've been wanting for a while, and. I think Amanda's kind of wondering why, but <laughs> <laughs> I usually don't care if it's a gun. It's a gun. I enjoy guns. I love collecting. And but I was I was just putting the brakes on the fact of well, we've already bought three guns this year, and, and that doesn't sound like near enough. But whatever. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's only two each. Mm-hmm. That's only and that's two that's each. over twelve months. I mean, if you start including kids, that's only like two thirds of a gun per person. Okay, yeah. but I'm, like if we want the, to start getting into some really nice ones, like the nine millimeter carbine or the Smith and Wesson XP, or um, we're gonna have to save up for that kind of stuff, and that means we gotta sacrifice not buying a gun for two or three hundred dollars just so we can actually spend the money on a more expensive one, which well, is why my Hunter was, even though it was a good deal, it was still more expensive. Yeah. I don't know. I've got a soft spot for Russian surplus. I, I know, know you do. <laughs> I really enjoy my SKS and it needed a friend. And I've been wanting one of these for a while. And they've been just really expensive lately, too. And, and this one was on sale. And I thought, well, they're not going to get any cheaper. And this is probably the cheapest I'm going to get one for. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed it. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> mad. I just said no more just guns for the rest of the year. I just said that it's it's October now. I think we can live without buying but a I gun. Could, but I could tell that it just didn't. It just it's didn't. November. You only you only got two months, Josh. You're, I you're good. Yeah, right. Well, at, at least wait until like I don't know. Is there um, Black Friday? Uh, Black. Well, no, no, not Black, Black Friday. Friday sales. Boxing week. Yeah, Black Friday's coming up. Christmas sales are coming up. All the big gun sales are coming up. Soccer. Yeah. So I might have to eat my words. Is that what you're telling me? But I, I just, I just feel like it, it wasn't really, it didn't seem like something that tickled your fancy. Like it just, it was kind of like, what is this thing? <laughs> I think it's because I had no part in it. He just kind of told me what it was and that he got it, and that the <laughs> other, like, the guys at the club told him to get it, so we did. And I'm sitting there going, what am I, chopped liver? What the like, heck? You, you love me, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What'd you do now? I don't know. I find it's I, always I'm better not... to, to, to get, uh, it's always better to get permission from the Ministry of Wifey Approval before you purchase it. No, just, just Josh saying. has a, a <laughs> habit of uh, seeking forgiveness rather than permission. So. <laughs> it's a family gun. It, it, yeah, family gun. Like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'll probably well, have some more fun actually shooting it, and then I'll probably get a little more giddy because it probably has a little more kick. Probably than... not because it's going to hurt your shoulder. Oh, boo. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, just stand up when you shoot it. Don't bench it, Amanda. Okay. Just remember this, Amanda. Since he bought a gun last, that means you get to buy the next gun. Yes. Right? It goes back and <laughs> forth. Isn't that how it works? So. 
Save your money. Yeah, so it's Matt's turn next. So save your money. He might have to wait. He can't buy a gun to you buy yours. So if it takes you a year to get a gun, he's still got to wait. Oh, please. <laughs> he, he's got a whole Josh personal account there. As soon as that bucks up, I have no say. That's the rules is that if it gets paid with Josh personal, I really don't have a say. So that's fine. Be my guest. Oh, wow. Anyway. I have a personal account, but when she asks me for money, I give it to her. So. <laughs> so yeah, I think that might be a future show topic: is uh, maybe surplus and how to clean cosmoline, something like that, maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll save that one for George. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, that's that's about all I did. <laughs> all right. Um, Amanda, I know you uh, you probably did a lot of the same stuff that Josh did, but uh, why don't you regale us how you experienced the match? <laughs> <laughs> from a, from here, here's the real perspective. But actually, <laughs> well, I I mean, it sounds like Amanda's been to like a couple of like rifle matches, but never to a handgun match. So I'm curious how it uh, how it went from her point of view. Well, it. That's actually the whole reason why I went was that I wanted to kind of scope it out and get a feel because I before I decide to compete, I need to know what I'm up against. Like, what what is it that I need to process through? I can't go in blind. I'm not that exciting. So um, I found it was uh, very well organized and they definitely had um, a good setup going. I felt like the rules were very plain and easy to understand. Um, like Josh said, Gavin was definitely trying to encourage me to even shoot, um, the last match there because they had enough space in the, the last heat that I could have participated. But I just said, I'm, I'm here to watch. So um, definitely a, a very good vibe, good crew. Uh, the guys that were running it were working tires, tirelessly and I can understand she gave them granola bars. <laughs> yes, I did. One point, I could hear them, and they're like, "So, are we gonna get a chance to eat?" Well, sorry, dudes, we got one more, more uh, heat to go, or one more squad. So when I overheard that, I automatically grabbed some granola bars and gave it to them because I know that they've been working their butts off since range, mom. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. So I mean, did uh, did Gavin's girlfriend Angela? Did she did she shoot? I, she wasn't there. She wasn't there. Um, but oh, it's the, a Saturday, so she probably had to work on the Saturday. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I did see one other woman shoot, and it was a Ragnarok girlfriend. <laughs> I can't remember. It was uh, Brian's wife. Brian's Maria. wife. Sorry, Brian's wife. Yeah, <laughs> but I did see a lot of um, uh, three or four uh, females there watching in support, which what I thought was pretty cool. Um, I the one thing I had a pet peeve. So our friend, Chris, it was his first time shooting. Um, he hadn't shot in a while, and you could tell he was nervous. And, I mean, he definitely had a couple things happen with this gun. Like, so trying to press firmly on the mag to get it, like, right into his gun there, it caused some issues. And it was pretty odd that he was a newcomer. Chris made it very clear that he was a newcomer, that he this is all very new to him. <laughs> And as soon as he finished his heat, and it it was, um, oh, he was the second one to go, and it was his first time ever, the guy comes up to him, just some random, 
uh, person there. And he's like, you know what you did wrong. <laughs> and oh. right away, yes. uh, my back goes up. <laughs> and I, I could tell that the guy, he's an older gentleman, and he could tell he, you know, he's not like a super... He's wearing sandals. Yeah. <laughs> well... <laughs> Regardless. Says the guy who wears Birkenstocks. But yeah. Never, never mind. <laughs> never mind. But it was just the fact that right away it was, hey, you know, I heard, is this your first time? Like, great job. You know, I, I've i had a lot of problems slamming the magazine. You got to be firm with them, especially in a, an event like this. Like, there are so many different ways that you could have presented that. Instead, he goes right up to the guy and goes, you know what you did wrong there? Well, and, I, don't, I don't think he was being. Uh, I don't think he was being. What did, what did Chris say? Being an, a nosy old man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think. And but if that had happened to me, I would have been pretty. I would have gotten my back up. I think. Yeah. Uh, I was. I would have said no. What did I do wrong? No. Like, you know, what, what What did you do wrong? He shot for the first time. He yeah. he was scared and excited at the same time. He didn't do anything wrong. He just. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That. So, yeah. I. I would. Yeah, I don't know who would even think that that's a really a great way to approach something to describe in that way. Like, if, yeah, it. you want to give them encouragement, like say, oh, well, don't worry, next one will be a little bit better. You're a little nervous. You'll do much better next time. Don't worry about it. Yes, well, you know, everybody has a bad one. Don't focus on the bad. Focus on the good, right? What did this guy do good yeah. in his very first match he's ever shot? Right? Like he probably did something good. Point that out to him. Make him feel oh. confident. Oh yeah. He definitely, yeah, he was very excited that he ran that last uh, run better than Josh did. <laughs> that was, if, I mean. because yeah, I, I didn't shoot half the target. <laughs> but I mean, definitely, I could tell it came from a good place, but I was thinking in my perspective, if that were me and someone was coming up to me, never introduced themselves and goes, you know what you did wrong there? I think I would be a little miffed about that. And the only other thing I will say is that, uh, when Josh was saying that people were talking in the back, especially <clears throat> while other people were shooting, I don't mind that people are talking, but some people were being very loud. And I yeah. thought, you know, it's kind of like common courtesy at golf or or pretty much <laughs> any other sport, like when it requires concentration that you, you kind of <clears throat> quiet down and watch. So maybe I'm wrong. You know, et- etiquette is like when he gives the command, everybody should shut up. Yeah. Well, because you got to listen to the range officer. You need to yeah. hear that beep. He's got to hear the RO. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So I I completely understand where that frustration came from, from all the volunteers and the, the ROs. But um, I will say it was overall a really good crowd. I could definitely see some were way more competitive than others. <clears throat> some were there just having a good time and others were were really mad at themselves and i did catch one guy arguing with the ro about one of the rules so they had created this box a wooden box it was very easy to step into but the idea was you face um <clears throat> the back end of face, you face start facing the ro fa- like yes. up range <laughs> yeah face up range hands in the air you hear the beep, you turn, you draw, <coughs> shoot two on each target because there's three targets total. Two in the then body. Two in the body, yes. Then you step into the box and shoot one, one, into, uh, the one into the head for each uh, target as well. The gentleman forgot to step. Actually, a few people forgot to step in. 
but he was just he was so mad that he was disqualified for those three shots because he didn't step into the box. And he was like, well, what's the point? What's the point the is, deal? that's the rule. Like, <laughs> and I don't know how, how many times they said it and how many times they reminded you. Yeah. And yeah. everybody before you did it, and I don't know how more how much more clear they could have made it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah. I mean. That, that stage actually gets num- a weird feeling because you, yeah. you start that, that, facing that, up range, and Gavin's, like, two feet from me, like, right in front <laughs> of me, staring at the eyes. <laughs> And it's like I'm getting ready to shoot, and, and Gavin's staring at me. <laughs> this is really weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I will say it was a yeah, it was a good setup, a good vibe though overall. But yeah, that that was a little weird. But yeah. Uh, well, the, the presentation is that's what the El Presidente when you stand that way, then you turn around. Uh, but you don't well, you don't argue with the RO. That's number one. Like okay. if you got a, a problem with your, you take it to the range master. But well, if the RO makes a call on the line like that, you can be ejected for arguing with them. Well, and, it, and it wasn't any, uh, it wasn't anything that was even remotely arguable because you didn't do what you were supposed to do on the stage. It just was very simple. You had to step into the box, and you didn't step into the box, and they said it fifty times before we shot. <laughs> so, oh yeah. You know what? Yeah. 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 If I was Yaro and he um, kept it up, I would just eject him because oh, it's it's stupid. I think he he knew to argue. He only argued once, and then he kind of walked away in a huff because I think he knew better. Because you yeah. know the Ragnarok guys are not um, ones to put up with nonsense, and they have no problem heckling you. Like if you're going burn to burn it down, Josh. Burn it. Down. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, but there's definitely a good time. I really. I did like the layout. I thought it was feasible, whereas some of the other ones that I watched Josh do just with recording, I was like, I don't know if I could do that. But this last one made me feel a lot more confident that I could do it. That's so good. I may, I may not. We'll see. I definitely was getting a, a lot of push to go do it. Even Chris was like, you got to do this. Like, you, you will but love now, this. But Amanda doesn't want to do the 22 because she doesn't want to be called. The, she snowflake. doesn't want to be put in the special snowflake division. No, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. But I'd probably shoot better with a 22, but I don't know. We'll see. I, uh, I don't know. It, it's still nerve-wracking for me because it's one thing to watch, but then when you have to go and do that and be in control of your gun and, you know, well, on a time limit like I, and... Like I said, it took three three, three times for me yeah, to feel comfortable. To feel comfortable. Um, but I did like that it was a, a wide variety of people, mm-hmm. different range. I think we only had one... There was a revolver One guy. revolver shooter. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess... He, I think he might have been at the last revolver competition that you were at in Waterloo. Pretty sure. Because he was saying that he shot Ipsic. Oh, so, yeah? Oh. And i and I and IDPA. Yeah, oh. he's, he's Bruce. Uh, I don't I recognize me. I, I am more likely to remember you by what gun you shoot than what your name is. And I have proof of that because yeah. on the way home from the match with That's Sarah, true. Sarah kept referring to someone with their name, and I'm like, I have no idea who you're talking about. And she's like, oh, uh-huh. she had a red dot on your handgun. I'm like, I know exactly who you're talking about now. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, I definitely am excited to give it a try. I just need to get some guts and get some practice. Because, I mean, <clears throat> November 19th is going to sneak well, up on us before If we could swing too it. Too long. Oh, no, we can't now because we volunteered to barbecue. But I was going to say, if you went on a Friday, 
it's just the guy setting up basically because the the, ra- the match I went to on a Friday there was hardly anybody there so, yeah, so that might be a better one to be a first one but yeah but definitely enjoyed the experience I enjoyed being there and recording because I felt that you know Josh could look at it later on and same with Chris they could look at their videos and decide um, um you know what or reevaluate their situation and what they could do better for next time so and yeah, shoot uh, all the yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, just keep that it cool, roll. man. Get everyone out, right? So, that, but it was definitely fun. That's but good. That I'm was glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Well, I do hope that you do get out there sometime. And uh, if you are feeling nervous about it, you're always welcome to come up here and we'll make sure to set up a match where you and Sarah can shoot together. If that makes you That'd feel more fun. comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I know I like I don't want to make it seem like oh women only want to shoot with women but I have noticed a trend that women feel more comfortable when they're shooting with other women. Of course, yeah. Well, yeah. In in that's a whole statement like, too. Even going to the bathroom, they like to go yeah. there. So. It's the culture <laughs> that we're not allowed. I'm sorry. It's it's the whole culture that we set up for ourselves that women are shouldn't be alone with a group of men. And yeah. that it goes on so so many different levels. And I mean, yes, you do feel more comfortable because it's someone that's like minded and you know It's not as intimidating um, it's, it's if you've got a, a, a communication. Yeah. Yep. And I understand, and if that's what gets you into shooting, then we'll make it happen. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I, but, I mean, I thought it was great that there were so many uh, women watching. I, th- I thought that was really cool. I was uh, very pleased to see that. So. Yep. Yep. Hopefully they'll become uh, shooters about- as well. Yes. I'm sure I'll get roped into it. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Thomas? What have you been up to? Um, I haven't done a lot of shooting except for today. I... I'm only working one day a week right now, so I went in today, and uh, it's with hunting with the, the gun season's opening up on Monday. It was incredibly busy all day, and it's been incredibly busy all week. But I had a, a friend of mine, <coughs> excuse me, Steve, he just bought one of the uh, one of the uh, oh, it's an IWI, the Masada polymer uh, pistol. Yeah, I think it, yeah, they came out with that a couple years ago. So uh, he's saying he's saying he's having problems with the gun shooting low and to the left all the time. I'm thinking mm, it's probably you, but okay. <laughs> so I said, well, bring it to the right. I said, I finished work at three. I said, come up to the store, and I said, I'll meet you after three. We'll take it back and we'll we'll have a look at it. So I set the target up at five at ten yards. You know that way we're both old. We both got our shooting our bifocals on, so we set up at a distance we could actually see the target as well. I said, okay, you shot you do five shots, and all five shots were. Like you said, low, off the target, and to the right. You're still on paper, but they're all way off. I put five shots on it. Three of them went into the 10 ring, and I pulled two. So <laughs> two went down about three or four inches low. So it wasn't the, it wasn't the, the, uh, the firearm. It was the user. But the sights on that thing, they're, they're really – I can see them having a hard time because I'm having a really hard time picking up that front sight on that gun because it's, it's not flat. It's rounded. And it's shiny. Oh. So it's, you, you can't get that, that, those really sharp angles. So it either changes the front sight or, um, I don't normally suggest it, but as your eyes age though, 
Um, sometimes the white dots can to be can be to your advantage when you get older. Um, it's just distinguishing the distance. So I suggest it maybe um, changing the color of the dots. Get rid of the white. Maybe get some of the fluorescent paint and change the dots. If not, um, it does have. Uh, he can put an optic on it. But I think what it, I just when he did the first five, I watched him, and of course he was standing. Uh, one foot in front of the other, and his, his stance was all off. So then I shot. So when he went to shoot a second time, I corrected his grip, I corrected his stance, and his groupings did improve. But it's just his, his trigger press. He's pulling the gun down with every shot. That's all it was. So once he gets used to it, I think he'll be fine. But I think he's just he's just pulling the shots. It's new, and it's that's the thing. When, when you get your first hang, and everybody wants to get, uh, they want to get a center fire. They, you know, they want to get a nine millimeter. They want to get a forty five. But learning to shoot with open sights, it's much easier learning to shoot with a 22 because you don't have that recoil and that anticipation and everything. So he was happy his gun works fine. It was just him. So I'm going to bring meet up with him later on this week and I'm going to bring out one of my, um, and bring down my Dan West and let him try that. But besides that, I haven't done anything with gun wise. I've just been stuck at home. Terry's still healing up. She got really badly injured in her leg about six months ago now. And I still have a nurse come in every day and we have to change the bandages. So she's lost a little bit of mobility because of the injury. So basically I've just been sticking around the house the last few months. So yeah, but that's it for me. No guns, just, just that one day shooting and going to work and <laughs> looking at knives. Yeah. Just ogling over stuff. Well, Christmas is coming up, so I got to pick out what I want. Well, that's right. You pick out your Christmas present, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> well i have are you all done thomas yeah i'm done yeah. what about you mike you, you um, had a busy uh a busy time yeah well uh i do have a confession to make um about episode 224 it was an episode i wasn't on i mean i i missed a bunch of episodes um but that episode uh just because of editing problems and when i was going on vacation i never actually listened to the episode i just pretty much amanda i think told me where the beginning and end was i just chopped them off put on the intro and outro and up it went i never actually listened to it so uh that's my bad confession because it took me almost like four weeks four weeks to actually listen to it but uh so what was on the show that you had to confess about uh no i was confessing that i didn't listen to the show uh but I did. I wanted some, to point something out to Amanda, um, and that is that revolvers don't throw brass uh-huh. at you. So when you're shooting semi or handguns, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe a revolver is the way to go. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Not gonna argue. No. <laughs> well, you never know, right? You might. Some, some people like the revolver. Some people don't. I understand that the triggers are usually not considered as good on a revolver as they are with a semi just because of that long double action trigger pull. But outside of that, the single actions are good and everything else. I, I prefer them. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, keep talking. Yeah. Teach their own. Right. So, <laughs> so I'm not saying a word. It's not my money. Well, it's not my money either. And, uh, Amanda's got time because Josh just bought his gun. So she has time to save up if she wants to buy something nice. Right. Well, and, yeah, and it'll be you know her it. gun, not a family gun, right? You know, that so, gun that Mike bought is really <laughs> nice. You could shoot 40 caliber and 10 millimeter out of it. Yep. 
Anyway, moving and on. There's an ammo shortage. You can always find 40s. Yeah. Well, no. I'm... Anyway, I'm, I'm definitely. They're so, so damn expensive. They are. Yeah. Revolver, they, they carry a premium price because I think it's literally because not a, they don't make as many of them. You know, they need to increase their uh, profit margin because they just don't sell as many of them. So. But. Fair enough. Okay. Yep. It, it'll eventually get to our collection. I, I will assure you. We will wait. So. Okay. Just when. We'll see. And not, not a kindergarten grade one like George says. Because I've got the, the Wrangler revolver. Yes. But that's not a real gun, apparently. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so I decided that I was going to shoot the red dot on uh, on my semi, which I think I discussed in the last episode, that I was going to try carry optics for an upcoming IPSC and uh, IDPA match. Uh, so I did a whole pile of dry fire with that. I mean, things were going well. Uh, I did go out to the range and actually practice with, uh, with Buddy, and I feel like every two or three shots, my gun was jamming. I was getting uh, stove pipes like crazy, failure to eject, failure to feed, all these problems. So anyway, I went home that night and I looked it up, and apparently the Walter Q5 steel frames prefer ammo, you know, 135 power factor and up. So just, you know, you you can't be towing the lines. You have to you have to put a little bit more ump in it. And I figured with throwing a red dot on top of that, adding mass to it, it's, you know. So I ended up loading up a couple more rounds, uh, put a little bit more pep in their step. Um, I took that out to the Ipsic match, and it ran perfect all the way up till the very last stage. And I literally ran out of this new ammo that I had loaded. So I had to use the old stuff. So I had one really good mag and then it had two mags that did not go very well. So, but, but outside of that, it was still a good Ipsic match. Still had lots of fun. Um, My little red dot cover kept flying off like two, three shots in. I had to redesign it. Not a big deal. Um, Just all lessons learned. But like, and I never got, I never did see a video. I think Sarah took a video of me shooting the IDPA match later that weekend. But like, I never saw how fast I was shooting. And I felt like I was just shooting so slow with a red dot. I love the fact that like, when you pull that trigger, wherever that dot is, that's where your hole is. It just appears there like magic, right? It, you're, you know, when you're aiming your gun, like your iron sights and you shoot and you're like, how come that didn't hit center? I was right on center with the red dot. Like, no, you see it, you see it dirt all of a sudden to the right or something like that. Cause you're pulling the trigger and you see where like the, it actually is when the gun goes off, like that's where the hole just appears. So it's a marvelous thing, but I'm not sure that I'm ready to embrace it. I, I don't know. I just, it, there's nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't my thing. I didn't, uh, I think I'd just so, go back to Iron Sights. So your accuracy, like how was your accuracy and compared to oh, Iron Sights? It, it was definitely, yeah. it was definitely up in a yeah. score sense. But I think that the biggest part of that was, like I said, wherever the dot was when the gun goes off, that's where your bullet just ends up yeah. on the paper, right? So yeah. I think a bigger part of that was the fact that how easy it is for me to see if I pull a shot off, too, right? Like, I spent a lot less time being like, oh, was that a good shot? Maybe, maybe not taking an extra shot. Like, with this, it was like, as soon as I, that shot went off, I knew, did I pull it? Yes, okay, then send another one right away. Don't even bother thinking about it. Just do it, so... So it was nice in that sense, and I do I do see the appeal of it, but I'm not 100 percent sure I'm ready to embrace it. 
Um, but outside of that, I did go up to see Jay up in uh, up near Midland again. Um, the guys up there at the oh, – get their club name wrong. It's the Hirona Gun Club. Um, I got invited up there to do another revolver course, and this time they wanted me to run an i match as well. So went up there and did that. Uh, had another great time with them. It's always a good time hanging out with Jay. Um, but, yeah, so we did the – we did the revolver course on the Saturday, which went well. Uh, we had bad weather, but I mean, we managed to uh, get through pretty much all of it. Um, and then the next day, once again, the bad weather continued for the i match. So we weren't able to set up a match in the uh, traditional sense that I'm used to setting up a match. Uh, the crowd was also very small. There was only about uh, an, an additional five people, I think. So because it was so small, we were able to kind of just make up stages on the fly as we went along, which is something that, you know, normally I'd never do. Normally I'd have all my stages built before the first shooter even arrives. So this was an, a whole new way of running a match, but it, it was lots of fun. We had a good time. Jake even came up with one stage he wanted to do, and he called it the Barney Fife stage. And what he wanted is for everyone to have one round in their pocket and an unloaded gun. And the idea was that you had to Pull your gun out, load it with that one round from your pocket, and then shoot the target. Uh, but because not every, which was interesting, <laughs> but there was a couple things. One, so not everyone had pockets in the same spot. So the way that they that they made it fair was that you had to put your one round underneath the headband of your earmuffs because everyone was wearing earmuffs. So that's where your one round had to be. Uh, I got kind of caught because. The way my 627 could have been opened up, I can't shoot my like I can't shoot a single round. I have to put it in a moon clip. The moon clip actually holds it from going too far in, so that the gun will still go off. So of course I had one round in a moon clip. I put it in. Of course the moon clip decided to you know just do its own thing and not go into the gun. So I had to sit there and fiddle around with that and shoot it. Anyway, I'm pretty sure Jay is just waiting for this big reveal. Jay beat me on that stage. So congratulations, Jay. You beat me on one stage of the match. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really funny idea, though. Yeah. But no, it it was a great time. Shot with a lot of great guys. uh, Had lots of fun. And uh, hopefully I'll get out there and we'll get to keep doing that. Maybe we'll hopefully we'll be able to make it like a yearly thing. And uh, yeah, have a good time going from there. So. Great. That's so, awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> so moving on to our main topic, um, we usually try to cater to the we have shooter. To, sorry? As you say, we have a topic? Yeah. <laughs> we had one last week. Sorry to the listeners. We are a week late on this episode coming out. Um, but anyways, we usually try to cater to new shooters here on the show. Uh, but sometimes what we really need is for you, our listeners, to bring out new shooters to try this amazing hobby of ours, this sport. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things you should do and some of the things you shouldn't do when you're taking out a new shooter. So first thing I have here, do make sure that they are prepared. So this includes letting them know what you're going to be doing, right? Because if they've never shot a gun, if they've never been to a shooting range, which is what you should expect of, you know, your your coworker or friend that comes up to you and just randomly says, hey, I want to come try shooting a gun so you should explain to them like how a range works you know you don't have to go into the details of every single command but just give them a general idea it's not overwhelmed when they actually get there um but yeah so you should also tell them you know what what will you be shooting right and uh 
And you should also make sure that they know that they can stop at any time, right? Like some of us, including myself, especially myself, I get real excited. I start having lots of fun and I start thinking, okay, let's shoot 300 rounds to this one gun and then we'll shoot 300 rounds to the next one. <laughs> you know, that's not necessarily what everyone wants to do for their first time out. So you should consider that and, you know, make sure that they know that they can say like, hey, you know, I shot one one round out of this gun and, and you know, that that's all I need to shoot out of it. You don't have to shoot the entire magazine. You don't have to keep going if you don't want to. I have fun. It's a lot. Like with the like I know, I know, I do too. Like I think, like maybe four mags full. I was the adrenaline and the excitement. Like it just, it's a lot to take in your first time. Yep, yep. So that's why I say, yeah, like, she, you know, hundreds of rounds. Exactly right, and that's something that Sarah always reminds me when I'm taking a new shooter out. She she always has to pull on the range a little bit and like remember. Just because you load up a full mag for every gun or like five full mags for every gun doesn't mean that they're going to shoot them all, right? They may shoot one or two rounds and say, this is enough or like, yes, this is the same as the last gun. I don't need to waste your ammo. I'm not, you know, maybe they don't enjoy that style of gun or that caliber or that, you know, iron sights versus, you know, a scope, whatever it is. They should know that they can say, hey, we don't have to stop and go home, but we can stop and take breaks. We can go to the next thing, you know. Don't feel upset about saying that. Of course. Actually, this is a great point, Mike, uh, this very first one, because uh, I recall when Josh was talking to one of his new co-workers about going to the shoot, they said, aren't you worried that you're going to be shot? And I think it's important to assume that People really don't know what happens at all there. They don't understand the safety and how the firearms work. Uh, um, all they assume is the, the fear factor. Yeah. Um, where, and that's a big well, point. That's so, a very good point. Yes, it's a great point. Go ahead. Okay. All right. I heard you say something. Well, I see the, the fear factor is a, a very valid point because that's something a lot of people don't take into consideration that you, you, you talk somebody to go shooting with you and they may be a lot more scared than you think. And I've, I've had it where with, with my job, a lot of times if, if I see a lot of people, they want to fire the big guns, but when it goes off, it scares the crap out of them. I find it's always better just because if you get somebody that's really, really scared, put them on a rimfire, just put them on a 22. And if they want to try something bigger, that's fine. But if not, if you take somebody for the first time, try to put, you know, something that's nice and soft and that's not going to scare the crap out of them when it, when it touches off. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Try to think. That's where that, yeah, sorry, the conversation about just what you're going to do. So this is what we're doing so they can be prepared for it. So, you know, yeah. this, this particular rim fire is, is a better it's going to feel a little bit let, uh, lighter. You're not going to feel like any kind of kickback to it or, you know, especially when you're doing 22s. Because I know I was very surprised. I was expecting with a 22 feel more. And then when and I, okay, that's not the But yeah. great point there, Mike. I like that. 
Yep. So on the flip side of that coin is also don't overwhelm them with details. Um, so this is, you know, such as where the gun was made, who the inventor was, you know, what the history of the company, you know, who did they merge with? Unless that person that you're talking to is into that kind of information, you don't need to overwhelm them with it, right? Like, let's be honest, most people don't really care where the gun was made or who made it, right? They just, you know, maybe the caliber what the gun's called, so they have an idea when they go home they can look stuff up, but you don't need to overwhelm them with every single detail of the gun or the event, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so my next do is do make sure they are wearing the right clothing. So nothing will turn a new shooter off faster than being burned by a piece of brass going down their shirt or getting stuck in their sandals. Um, like, that might sound silly, <laughs> But, like, you know, if once again, if you have no idea what you're expecting, like in the movies, have you ever seen someone get burned by a piece of brass? I don't think I've ever seen that, right? So why would they, why would someone who knows nothing about guns know that they need to wear a high top shirt or, or closed toe shoes? So you have to make sure that they are, that they are wearing the right clothing so that they are properly prepared for it. And that's for your own safety, because if if uh, you have somebody who's got an open shirt and they've got a bra on, they've got a loaded gun on their hand, and a hot brass goes down that bra, their first instinct is to get rid of that gun as fast as they can. Yep. And, and I've I've seen a few guns thrown on the benches and on the floors because hot brasses went down somebody, men and women. Yep. And, the, the women, the men are just as unsafe as the men. Yep. And that's the thing you have to remember, right? If if I got hot brass down my shirt, I would like to think that years and years of experience, I would at least know to keep the gun pointed downrange. But these are people who do not have these rules burned into their brain the same way that we have from going to the range how many thousands of times. So, yep. And on that note, too, don't let them shoot without proper safety gear. Uh, they may not have safety glasses or earmuffs, so make sure you bring enough for all your guests, right? Don't, you know, and I've had this where, like, a friend says, like, oh, it's okay, I got earmuffs, or, you know, and they have their riding lawnmower earmuffs. That's perfectly fine. That's okay. But, like, make sure that they have proper safety gear on. If they come wearing glasses and they're like, ah, oh, whatever, I got glasses, you know, I go to work and I don't bother putting on my safety glasses, well, make sure that they put the those ones that go over top of your glasses. Make sure that they're wearing it because, I mean, if you think that getting burned by a piece of brass sucks for your first time out to the range, what if you lose an eye, right? So make sure that they're wearing the proper safety gear and make sure you bring it. Bring enough for everyone because, once again, they might think that their glasses are good enough for safety or they might forget and just be like, ah, it's okay. People shoot in movies without their earmuffs all and all the time, and then they have a quiet whisper conversation right after. That's not the case of reality. Make sure that they have all their safety gear with them. Um, so it's next one. About movies. I think about how when people, you know, shoot off a gun in a mall or something on a movie or in an office building, it's like, how deafening would that be? And they just carry on like nothing's happening. <laughs> yeah. And then they just have like a whispering conversation so that the bad guy right. can't hear you. I just, you all <laughs> haven't just gone a little bit more deaf from that gun going off. There's no ringing in your ears right now. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. Uh, my next one is do let them lead the way. So, once again, this is a problem I have, and I full-on admit it. Uh, some people may not be interested in handguns, rifles, shotguns. They may also be having fun with smaller calibers, that may, and maybe you want them to experience that bigger caliber, that 12-gauge, that 308, or 500 Smith & Wesson. 
you know. But you have to remember, you're there to make sure that they are having a good time. So let them direct the way that you go, right? If they're having tons of fun with the 22, they can stay on the 22 all day long. Yeah, sure. You might say, hey, you want to try the nine millimeter or something a little bigger? If they say no, then just let it be, right? Think of it as this is what they'll do next time they come, which means that they're going to have two range trips instead of one. So, you know, listen, listen to the person as they uh, guide you along your way. And along with that, the don't is don't start with a large caliber. Don't be that jack wagon on YouTube that handed their small frame friend with absolutely no direction a 12 gauge with slugs or, you know, a 500 Smith and Wesson for their first time shooting a gun ever. They have no idea what they're doing. They are scared. Oh, that's going to be a bleep. They're scared. <laughs> The last thing that you need to do is put a 12 gauge with a slug in there or, you know, some ridiculous revolver with, you know, bare defense loads in it. Right. Don't don't do that. Start small and work their way up. And like I said, they might get halfway up. They might almost get to that 308 and then say, you know what? No, this one's good enough for me. I don't need to go bigger. My shoulder's starting to hurt or I just don't like the feeling. I don't like the noise, whatever. It doesn't matter. Their reasoning. That's just where you stop. The, the thing, the, the thing I don't like about that too is that they're doing it for their own entertainment. They want to see somebody get hurt. Yeah. The problem is people get killed when it happens. People have been killed by Smith Wesson 500 because it was held improperly, and when it recalled, it came back and split her head open and killed her. So. Oh wow. Yeah. So I've, I've heard of people having their shoulders dislocated. It's, it's, it's not funny causing somebody pain with a firearm. It's no. extremely dangerous. No, you wouldn't get your phone out and record yourself pushing an old lady down the stairs. So why are you doing it to your friends? Right? Exactly. It's, 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 yeah, I know. I, it boggles my mind. It's I dangerous and it. it's stupid. It, it is yeah. stupid, right? So don't do that. <laughs> don't be that jack wagon. Jerkwad. Yeah, pretty much. It, and you're going to make that person terrified the rest of their life, and then sooner or later, I'll end up with them in the range, and I have to try to to, to fix what what damage you've caused. You know what, though, I would so, call that a win if they even showed up to your range again, because most likely they're going to yeah. be so terrified they're never going to want to touch a gun because they think that every time you try and shoot a gun, it's like a cannon going off, and they're not going to enjoy. So it. whatever package they they they've somebody signed them up for, I put them just on the twenty twos. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep them on something soft, so at least you know they, I can get their interest back. But a few times I've had to. Some people won't shoot at all because they're still terrified. Yeah. Other people are willing to try it. Yeah, and so. you know what? Kudos to people who do something and have it go bad, and they go and do it again. Because, you know, what's that saying? Like, try everything once and everything you like twice. So, if you go and you had a bad experience shooting once, kudos to you if you have the cojones to go and do it again. So. Anyways, our next one, do help your guest hold on properly. So it is important to help explain and show, and it's very important to show because, you know, most people are more visual and they don't understand necessarily all the terminology you're using about the butt of the gun. So you need to make sure you explain and show to your guest how to hold on to the firearm properly. Uh, they have no experience. They've only been influenced by TV shows and movies. So Let's be honest, they're probably going to hold on to it wrong. If they hold on to it right, then then you got lucky, right? It's not likely to happen. Um, and to go hand in hand with this is don't worry if they're not holding the gun properly. And I know that's the exact opposite of what I just said. 
But what I mean by well, that... Well, there's properly and then there's safely. Exactly. There is a difference between yeah. the two, right? So you want to make sure that they're being safe. Don't stress if they don't have the perfect grip or the perfect cheek weld. I, I know it can be hard when you're trying to show someone that's new to shooting, like... Oh, here's how Bob Vogel, one of the greatest, holds his gun, and he cants his his the uh, his weak hand a lot, and just the way that he grips the gun. And it's a fantastic way to hold onto the gun. You get a lot of control out of it. But you know what? They aren't at that level yet. They just need to hold onto the gun enough to be safe, right, and uh, not be an issue for anyone else, right? They're not going to drop the gun. They're holding onto it safely. They're pulling the trigger properly. They have both hands on, so they're actually getting a good grip. Or with a rifle, you know, they might not have their cheek, you know, squished up against the cheek weld the way you know it's supposed to be. But guess what? They're looking through the sights. They're pulling the trigger and they're safe. They're having fun. Just let it be. We can always, you know, tweak tweak their shooting, you know, how they're doing it. We can always do that later. Right? Right now it's about having fun and being safe. Um, so my next one is do pick appropriate targets. So pick targets, um, like the shoot and see ones. Uh, the shoot and see ones are great. If you've never seen them, usually, usually they're black with like, you know, a white crosshair or something like that. And when you shoot them, it actually chips away like an outer layer of paint, for lack of a better term. And when it does that, it exposes a fluorescent paint behind it. So that means that even when you're 100 yards away, well, maybe not with the naked eye, but with a scope, it makes it a lot easier to see where that 22 round just hit or that 223. Small bullet, far away, they're hard to see, but the shoot and sees are fantastic for things like that. Um, if you can... And bring the targets up close. Like, don't, don't put them at 30, 50 yards for the first time. Bring them up to like 10 yards so they can physically see the target really well so they can see the hits right away. Yep. And, and if you can... Pick targets that react, like steel or clay. I know it's funny because steel, on the other hand, like I like using it for training because train because steel is brutally honest. If you miss it, you just hear nothing, right? If you hit it, you get that ding. But hitting something that moves or explodes, like the clays, um, the sound and the visual part of it can be really exciting for your new shooter, right? Because I've I can't tell tell you the number of times I've taken someone out shooting. They shoot at a piece of paper, and the first question they ask is. Did I hit it? They don't even know, right? But you bring something exciting like steel or clay where they actually see it explode if you're shooting shotguns or even if you just throw them up on a berm, if you're allowed to do that at your club, you see them kind of poof out, they break apart, they'll love it because it's exciting, right? They actually get to see what their bullet's doing, not just going into a pile of dirt. Or worse, you get those uh, targets that have like the big highlighter colors when you hit them. You right? missed that. He already said that. Oh, did he? Oh, darn it. <laughs> Sorry, I had to step out for two seconds, but that would be great too. I was yeah. They, now, yeah. those those reactive targets, they, they are expensive, but they're actually easy to make because you're just basically using a, a wax paper and then a latex paint underneath it. So there's quite a few videos on YouTube about how, actually how to make your own targets if you want to make some and save some money too. Yeah, I, unless you're taking a ton of people to the range, like, so, like, I, you know, I shouldn't say this because maybe not everyone can just afford to go out and buy an expensive pack of targets. But I can tell you that I bought, I think, one or two of them, I want to say, seven years ago, and I still haven't shot through them all because I have no interest in shooting them. I only bring them out when I bring new shooters out anymore. So, I mean, you could call it an investment if you think you're going to take a lot of new shooters out. But I also understand I shouldn't say that. 
We sell the bigger ones for a dollar a piece. And there you go. A dollar a piece isn't much, right? Like, yeah. And most likely, the person you're taking out shooting, if you told them, hey, these targets are a little bit more expensive, do you mind throwing me an extra five or ten bucks? I bet you most people wouldn't care about throwing you an extra five or ten bucks because you're taking them for an experience that they're not going to be able to get anywhere else. So, so on the other side of that is don't pick targets that your guests may not like or understand. Um, so don't pick targets that could be political like shooting your most hated politician or even even animals or from shooting and and beyond that on shooting game and like so your politician you might say like ah who who likes you know the current politician that you don't like of your choice right but they may not have the same political feeling and even if they don't have the same political feeling they may not appreciate the idea of shooting some someone right of actually being like hey that is a recognizable person i know that person i've seen them on tv and now i'm shooting them they may not like that experience so i would shy away from that you know that could also get you banned from the range putting a target up like that yeah i i know i don't i know my club i can't do it i assume most clubs you can't do it um they just they just consider them inappropriate targets yep. but that so could, basically any any picture of a person like your ex or anybody else yep. don't ever bring them to the range yeah no it just it doesn't it, there's there's no there's nothing to be gained from that and i'd almost say the same thing goes for animals because unless you know that the person you're taking is getting into this because they want to hunt deer and you say, hey, I got some deer targets. This will be fun. Okay, in that situation, I'd say it's fine. But if you don't know with 100% certainty, and I mean 100, not 99, 100% certainty that this person wants to get into hunting, don't bring animal targets because they may not like the idea of shooting animals. Whether it's for hunting, they may relate to it too closely to their dog, there are a ton of reasons why they may not like it, so just don't do it. Just bring much more, and I know they're boring, but just bring your standard, you know, crosshair type targets, or like your shoot and seize, your clay, things like that. Right? They'll like that. Actually, that's that's a good idea. I've never thought about. I've never bought those type of targets. But that's a good point. Yeah. And because yeah. you could you could you could put somebody off without realizing it. Yep. And so the same thing can even go for the shooting games, right? I shoot a bunch of different games. I have tons of different styles of shooting targets. And they're all for my games, and I know where to aim. I know where the the down zero or the A zone is on all my targets because I spend how many – I don't even want to know how many hours I've spent dry firing and live firing on these targets. So don't bring those because a lot of times the the best shot, like the the zero, the X ring, whatever, is not where you think, right? On an IDPA target, it's not in the middle. It's up higher, right? And even in IPSEC, the the A zone is up. It's not right – I mean, if you hit dead center, you'd be in the A zone. But for the most part, it's up higher. So, like, those are targets that they're not going to understand. They're not going to know where to aim, and they're not going to understand where to aim. And when they miss, they're going to feel bad, right? So, you know, don't don't bring out your your super awesome, cool, go fast IDPA or IPSIC targets. Just stick to you know even circles. I actually like taking people out and getting them to shoot in a circle. A lot of time I'll put a dot in the middle, but we're talking about an eight-inch circle. And then that way when I tell the person, I say, like, hey, you can aim at the dot, but the goal is just to get it in the circle. And most people can get it in the circle. And that's good enough, right? We don't need to be bullseye shooters. We just need to be good enough to have fun and safe. Um, I'd also say don't, like, on the same front, don't set them up for failure. And what I mean by that is – 
don't like you might be able to ring steel out at 300 yards with your super awesome 22 bolt action rifle, but most likely your guests can't. Right. And that's not a criticism on your guests. It's just their first time. Right. They just don't have the skills in order to make a precision shot like that. So don't set them up for failure by setting something up like that. Keep it close and keep it easy, right? Unless, and of course, this is all up to them, right? Unless they happen to say, hey, that steel that's way out there that I can barely see, I'd like to hit that. Okay. Your guest said that they want to shoot at it. Let them shoot at it, right? I mean, obviously, assuming that it's safe to do so and they were allowed to and blah, blah, blah. Let them direct it. And if they want to go out further, then let them go out further. But for up until then, you know, keep it close. Keep it easy. And the other thing I would add to that is, is encouragement. So when they bring the target back, a lot of people expect that they're going to get all those shots in the bullseye. And they're kind of disappointed when they don't. And I just, I just, I'll add up and I said, well, how many shots on paper? I said, they'll say 10. I said, we never missed. That's excellent. Your first time, you never missed. Goes, well, not in the bullseye. I said, I don't care if they're in the bullseye. For your first time, getting all 10 shots on paper, that's fantastic. Yep. And then just, but that little bit, you know, they're like, oh, well, I didn't do too well. Like, what do you mean you didn't do too well? First time you got all 10 shots, you did great. Yeah. And then that gives them a little encouragement. They'll they want to try it again and they'll, They'll, they'll want to focus and try to get the groups a little bit tighter. But yeah, no, yeah, that that that's a that's a really good point. Yep, I will actually even include that on my you know before you come to the range for like what what's your expectations of what's going to happen. I will tell them like, hey, I'm not trying to be rude, but just so that you're ready, you won't get all of your hits on paper. You will miss some. Right. And it's not going to be dangerous. It's not going to be unsafe. You're they're just going to go into the dirt behind it. But I just want them to know so that when they get to the range, they have the right expectations when they get there. All right. So our next thing is do talk about the games you play and the things that keep you involved. So tell them about the different games that they could play with the guns that they are currently shooting, right? If they're shooting a revolver, hey, have you, like, have you ever heard of Vicor or something like that? You don't need to explain the rules or anything like super in detailed. Just say, like, give them a brief, you know, the elevator pitch on why they should try action shooting, right? Go out to their first handgun match. Just because, you know, they'll be able to relate to you and they'll be able to relate like, hey, I'm competitive, just like Mike. Sounds like Mike's having a lot of fun in this. Maybe that's the direction I want to go in, right? So they can see, for lack of a better term, a purpose for them to get the gun, right? Because if they're not into hunting and they say, well, like, yeah, going to the range is fun, but do I really want to spend, you know, hundreds of dollars a year on, you know, licenses, guns, ammo, and all this stuff just to go plink? They may say, I want to go do something a little bit more organized, Um you know, make sure that you point out things like Olympic and other recognized sports because it will give it some uh, some credibility to someone who's new and outside of this who doesn't really see shooting as a maybe as a, a good reason to keep your guns, right? They might be on the bandwagon of, well, I think Hunter should have them, but no one else should have them, right? And, and it could kind of give them an idea of why other people might want guns or what they could do in a safe and legal way to have fun. Um, only talk about hunting. If you know the person is interested in hunting, um, you know, hunting's probably not the first thing that your guest wants to get into. And I would even, you know, it, like we said before, it could discourage people from getting into it because they may not like the idea of killing in, like 
you know, having to shoot an animal. So, you know, save that for the person that you know that's into hunting. And even once again, you might just talk briefly about it. Oh, this 308 you're shooting, I, I got a deer with it last year, right? You don't have to go into detail about it. You just, you know, yeah. give them an idea so that they can say, oh, so this is what it's like to hunt with this gun, you know, so they can they can relate to you a little bit better. Um, don't talk politics. Yes, we all have gripes with the different political groups. But the first time out on the rain is not where they need to hear your anti-government rant. Right. Keep it simple. Keep it friendly and keep politics out of it. I know that you know, I found as lately is that a lot of times the guests will bring my whoever I'm taking. They will bring it up. And once again, like the because it's all in the news. Yeah. With, like I said, with letting your guests yeah. lead the way, if that if they want to talk politics. OK, I would yeah. still avoid your anti-government rant, you know, but. You know, if you want to talk politics, if you want to say, oh, if someone says, oh, I heard that they banned a bunch of guns, you could be like, yeah, they, yeah, the, the the current government, they put a no IC and they banned a whole pile of guns. Pretty much they haven't, you know, you could give them, once again, give them the elevator pitch. You know, we all get to keep them, but no one can go shoot them. Then we're all just kind of sitting here in a standby mode waiting to find out what happens. Right? That, that's probably all they want to know. And I really, really believe that a lot of people don't even know that. Right. So, you know, it's not like you're going on an anti-government rant, but I think just what you said there, just kind of letting them know what the current state is, if they're enjoying themselves. And, you know, this is something that could go away in the future. I Well, I personally wouldn't bring it up on the first trip, maybe on a second or third trip when they seem like, you know, you, you, you know, you got the hook in them a little bit. You know, they're interested. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't usually bring up politics, but if they ask me what's involved in getting your license, then of course like, I well, would educate them on that. Well, but yeah, there's a certain level of like political talk you have to do about like what government agency you have to go to get your license from, right? But that's not really a political talk. That's just more like, hey, you're interested. This is how you go about, you know, taking this a step further. Oh, my last point that I have. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying I, I agree with you wholeheartedly in that. So it doesn't have to get political and keep it nice and simple. If they want to ask more questions, then, you know, <coughs> maybe let CC website do the talking, right? Yeah. Like the gun debate, that's what I think it is. So mm -hmm. just allow them to kind of look it up on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so my last point is do follow up with them a few days or weeks later. So check in with them. See if they want to go again. Right? So don't Maybe call I'll... the next day. Well, okay, I, I am a terrible person for the whole, like, how long should you wait before we talk? Sarah and I were watching a movie tonight, <laughs> and I and it was a high school kid who got a phone number. And I was like, and I even said to Sarah, if I was that high school kid and I got that number, at the moment I walked in my house, my home, I would be calling them because I don't understand the concept of waiting two two days or three days, whatever the dating rule is. Good thing I'm out of it. But you should you should check up with your friend a few days later, right? Um, they've thought about, they probably thought a lot about their whole experience of shooting, what they shot, what they like, what they didn't like, things, maybe you showed them stuff and maybe they were scared of, you know, I'm air quoting here, the bigger rifles, but 
you know, maybe after thinking about it, they're like, you know, like I did go up to the 223 or, you know, they don't know 223. They'll just say the bigger gun. They'll say, hey, that wasn't so bad. Maybe next time I'd like to go something, try something a little bit bigger. So it's a great way to go catch up with them, see what they've thought about it. They may even come back. They may even come up with you to say like, hey, yeah, like I, you know, the handgun. They weren't for me. I wasn't having fun with them. But like, oh, shooting the clays out of the air with a shotgun, sign me up. So, you know, get in touch with them, find out what they like, have a little chit chat with them. They, they may want to come out again, right? And that'd be great because the more times you get them out, the more likely that this is going to stick and they will, you know, they'll enjoy the hobby just as much as you do. Um, That's probably the biggest satisfaction I get from being in the sport yeah. is the amount of people I've got involved in the sport. Mm-hmm. And then seeing them coming back and at matches and different clubs and stuff where if I hadn't taken them out, they wouldn't gotten into it. And it's, I get a lot of satisfaction when, when somebody actually takes the same path that we've taken. Yeah. Well, if anything, I imagine that someone who's, someone that you're teaching has taken the express lane compared to the way that uh, we learned, Thomas. This is true because with us, it was, it, it, we didn't have the internet. Anything that you wanted, you had, you had to find a book. Yeah. And it was all word of mouth. Like a lot of the stuff I learned was was taught from other shooters. So Yeah, and that's the other thing, right? If you have to learn from other shooters and if you're nervous because you're new to this or let's be honest, you had a bad experience. Like I'm not saying Chris's experience was bad, but where the guy came up and the first thing out of his mouth was, you know what you did wrong. I would be like, huh, I don't really want to go ask people because if that's what people are like, yeah. I don't I don't want to deal he, with that. Luckily, and, he handled it with a grain of salt and he that's exactly what he said was he was able to be able to put that out of his mind that's one person yeah and 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 i think that's great that he is able to do that and hopefully he will keep coming out to handgun matches and you know but yeah so hopefully uh you know if you're friends with someone and they're and they might be nervous about getting into it right because like i know i was scared it all heck when I was getting into it and I had no one to ask questions of. Right. And they could just be silly. And I say silly. What I really mean by silly is like they could be questions that we as shooters are think are common knowledge. But, you know, non-shooters don't know. Right. What's the top of a, of a handgun called? Most if you ask, you know, people on the street, people have no idea what a slide is. Only a gun person would be like, oh, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about a slide. So like just silly questions like that that they might not know the answer to and they might be too embarrassed to ask someone else. So you have to realize that you may be de facto their confidant for the first little while. And there's that. I think that's great because if someone wants you to be their confidant, then that means that there's someone that's going to stick around the game. So I think it's good. 100% good point there. Yep. Sometimes I get, I lose my the thought in the back of my head on what parts are and like no, but it's taken me this long, so it's been at least years, and I'm still struggling with with the different concepts and and names and uh yeah, it gets very frustrating and embarrassing. That you don't catch it on the first time or two, but you know, luckily most people understand that I'm a new shooter, so. You know, give give that common courtesy to people, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's really, it's, this whole um, topic you've done is great because really you have to pull yourself out of it. 
and really think the other person wholeheartedly. Put a little bit of effort into who this person is, what kind of shooter you think that they want to be. Don't be afraid to ask questions before shooting with them. And so that you can better calibrate. But this this is a great down for just a generic, hey, I'm taking my friend shooting. Let's give this a try. So yeah. I, this is a perfect topic. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, thanks. Uh, did anyone have any other uh, good do's or don'ts for taking a new shooter out to the range? No, I think you covered them all. Well, if, <coughs> listeners, if we... I'll, 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 always, I'll add one. I'll, I'll add one thing, though. Okay. When you are taking them out, when you're done, teach them about lead safety. Because especially, you know, people like me that smoke, so they're out there all day and there's, you know, they could be smoking or drinking or whatever. Um, just teach them to wash their hands afterwards, the dangers of lead, because people aren't aware of it. That, that's a very good point. Probably everyone knows that lead's not good for you, but probably, you know, in our modern day lives, the most lead that anyone probably gets exposed to is the number two pencil when they're writing a test. So, yeah, like yeah. they don't know what the proper protocol is and what to do. Like, can I just wash my hands to be good, right? Like, yeah, that's a good point. Most of the exposure you're going to get in the range is from handling it, not from the vapors. Yeah. So so it's just important when you're when you're done afterwards, wash your hands with cold water. And if they have delighting soap, use that. If not, just use really cold water and anything that you've touched. And especially if you, if you say you're shooting down all day, uh, laying prone, say if you're on a concrete floor in the range, when you get home, change your clothes. Yep. Because anything that you've had on at that range is going to be contaminated in the house. Yep. Nope. That that's a very good. I have work. I have work. I have work shoes. So I'm working in the range. I don't wear those shoes in the house. They stay in the car. They only get worn at the range. Yeah. Yep. No. So that, that way, I don't walk. Yep. That's a great. We're we're very lead conscious at work. So. Mm-hmm. Well. Listeners, if you thought of any uh, important thing that I missed, please send us any feedback, questions, comments you have to host at newshootercanada.ca, our Facebook page, or in the comment section on our website at newshootercanada.ca. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and leave us a comment and rating on iTunes. Anyone? Oh, I see Josh. You have some shout outs? Yeah, just wanted to give a shout out to the team at Ragnarok for and the Guelph Rod and Gun. Uh, so much work and hassle for all of our benefit, and it was a great match, and they continue to do so. So thank you guys. That's awesome. How about you, Amanda? I'll ditto that. That was uh, a great experience. So thank you, Ragnarok team. Yeah, it's yeah. a not-for-profit thing. I mean, yeah. in that instance, for for what they do, and and they just do it because they enjoy it. So it's yeah. Good. I think you guys got really lucky with having a, a good crew of people running a good match, you know, locally for you guys. Yeah. 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 And they're all good guys, too. The, all, all of them are all a good crew. All fun to be around all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they know their stuff. So yep. you can go out and have a shoot and have a safe shoot as well. Yep. How about you, Thomas? Do you have any shout-outs this week? Um, this week, I'll give a shout out to Randy Cantors. Randy Cantors is the PPC instructor for the CCSA, and he was also the one guy that got me into pistol shooting about 20, over 20 years ago. So if it wasn't for Randy, I would have been shooting pistol. I'd be a liberal shooting my 22 rifle. So shout out to Randy Cantors. <laughs> you hippie. <laughs> hey, honestly, I, I, and I, yeah, I'm probably a hippie too. Um, I, I was one of these people that honestly thought nobody had, Nobody needed a handgun except the military and the police. 
That that was my thinking until I actually shot one. I was like, oh my god, I need one of these in my life. So, <laughs> yeah. But it was just an attitude, and it's, it it was it was a uh, say a learned attitude from my stepfather and and my mother towards restricted firearms because you know he was strictly hunter, and that's the attitude that I had. And if it wasn't for Randy, you know, insisting that I go out and at least try it, my attitude probably wouldn't have changed. So yeah, that's good. My shout out this week, uh, a huge one to Jay and his family because uh, they let me come and spend the weekend at their place. And boy, did Jay ever feed me well while I was there. So uh, thank you to them for hosting me. Uh, thank you to the Hirona, pretty sure it's the Hirona Gun Club, uh, for once again hosting me and uh, inviting me back out for another revolver course and the Icor match. I had a great time with those guys. They're they're a great group of guys to spend a weekend with. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to Dan at, at Smith Falls because he ran the uh, Ipsic match and he ran it. You know, he he's this is I think our second match, second or third match running at Smith Falls, and he's he's doing a fantastic job and he's doing a great job with the uh, limited resources that he currently has. I mean, he's already building the club up and he's doing a great job. So kudos to him. And then once you get a chance to play with, uh, you get a chance to play with Jay's uh, Gold Cup. Uh, I handled it. But I didn't actually like live fire it. No. Oh well, it looks nice. Oh, it it, it looks beautiful. It is a very beautiful piece. Um, yeah, he ever get? I think he got hammered by his very first match. Uh, yeah. He po- yeah. He posted I, the pictures. Yeah, I think I want to say I got hammered by it when I was just playing with it because it doesn't have like a full beaver tail, but it had a full hammer spur on it. So. Yeah, it was an original design. I think the only thing different on it, I think the the rear sight's lowered, but everything else is more or less mill spec on that thing. Yeah, yeah. And then the last except for the trigger. Yeah. And then the last uh, shout out I want to give to was the guys at USC for running their IDPA match. It, it was their Halloween special, which uh, just like tradition, Sarah managed to get out to the Halloween match, which uh, was a lot of fun to shoot with Sarah and. They ran another fantastic match, and uh, I look forward for more. So, all right, Thomas, why don't you take us on out of here? Okay, until next week, keep your barrels down range and smoking. Time spent at the range is time spent with family. Go ahead and shoot like a girl. Choose your caliber wisely. Good night, everyone. Okay, everybody. I really like 22 minutes. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or feedback you may have, or if you just want to call shenanigans. You can contact us at host at newshootercanada.ca or through our Facebook page. The way they look, I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small. They're for sale till I want them all. I like guns. I like guns. I like guns.